a doppelganger of a missing girl and a true crime podcast hell-bent on finding the truth. I Killed Zoe Spanos by Kit Frick follows Anna as she takes a summer job as a nanny for a family living in Heron Mills. Now, Anna looks eerily similar to Zoe Spanos, who disappeared six months before Anna shows up, and two months after Anna shows up in town, they find Zoe's body and Anna is charged with manslaughter. Now, the podcast comes in with Martina Jenkins, who goes by Martina Green on her podcast, and she is a family friend of the Spanoses and wants to find out what really happened to Zoe because she doesn't believe that Anna did it. And the book is so good. Like, the characters are great, and it's also this perfect balance of, like, dark mystery, but lighthearted, fun beach days and, like, summery vibes and it's so great and it meshes so well together and it is a super quick read too because you get really into the story and wanting to know what happened and so it took me like two days but it wasn't actually a full like two days it was like a 24-hour time span over two days to read it and so I loved it and I was told that if you like cereal which we all know I love cereal the podcast um you will like this book and that is very true because yeah, it's just an amazing book, and it's so great and so fun. So, yeah. Books, TV, music, and movies. All things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I'm Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. So as always with the book, we're going to start on the writing. And the writing is pretty standard, but also pretty good. Like there's plenty of comparisons and pretty good description. So that makes it good, but also it is like pretty standard book writing. Now the story is not linear. It jumps between then, which is Anna's time in Heron Mills, and now, which is Anna being in juvie and awaiting her trial. But it's cool because we learn different things at different times, but even though we're learning different things at different times, at least I didn't ever have enough information to piece together the full story and figure out what happened. But it was good. I liked it. So, yeah. Um, first, we're going to start with the characters, and then we're going to talk about the plot kind of at the end. Starting with Anna. And I never really knew if I liked Anna or not. Like, she was fun. And then she was also, like, completely whacked out and remembering things and forgetting things and, like, forgetting about Paisley and stuff. And so, like, I never had a grip on what I felt about her. Like, I guess by the end of it, I liked her. But she had, like, a lot of shit going on. Like, George Spanos being her dad and the fact that Star did die and like well we think star died we don't fully have confirmation but we're pretty sure star died and like her having been to heron mills like all the stuff that comes out at the very end right i see why she's so whacked out like it makes sense but also i was mad that a she kept forgetting about paisley because i was like look this kid needs you and like paisley is a gem we love her but 
I was mad she kept forgetting about Paisley. And I was mad that she confessed and allowed herself to be questioned without her mom or a lawyer. Like, all of this could have been prevented had there been good policing and knowledge about how the criminal justice system works and how kids get screwed over. But, you know, obviously, it's a book. There's got to be mystery and intrigue, so we can't let that happen. There can't be good policing in a book. No, never. Um, But, like, I love at the end where Anna was trying to turn over a new leaf, and even throughout the entire thing, she was like, I'm trying to be this better person, I'm trying to be responsible, I'm trying to remove myself from a situation where people around me are, like, influencing me to be irresponsible, and so I love her for that, and, like, even though I had mixed feelings throughout it, I did like her, she was pretty great, and John Green supports the geographical cure, so I'm all on board for Anna, like, up and leaving New York City, thinking it'll make her a better person. Now we're moving on to Martina, and we love her. She's probably my favorite character, well, besides Paisley, but Paisley does nothing, so it's really easy for Paisley to be her favorite character. Um, But I love Martina. Obviously, she has a podcast, and we love that. And I'm so jealous of her success and how she was doing so well and how her podcast blew up. Like, I know my podcast will never do that because I'm not out investigating murders, But still, I want some of that podcast success. Okay, Martina, share the wealth. Um, But I also love Martina because she sticks to her guns. Like, even though Aster got mad when she kept doing her podcast and stuff, she was like, no, I believe in this, and I'm going to keep doing my podcast, and I'm going to figure out the truth, and I know that shit needs to come out, and I know that this isn't right, and I really need the answers, and like, It would have been so easy, especially because Aster was, like, grieving and stuff, and it was bringing up a lot of stuff, like, for her, because this is her sister's murder and stuff, but she stuck to her guns, and she knew. She was like, no, I have a responsibility. I'm going to do this, and so I love that for her, and she was such a good friend to Anna. Like, she invited her along to things, and at the end of the novel, they were talking about meeting up in the city and stuff, and, like, she walked Anna and Paisley back to the cottage after they found the body in the lake, and Anna was all, like, whacked out and stuff, and, like, she did her best to, like, support Anna when Anna was in juvie, and so I love Martina for that, and, like, she was a fave, and I would read a spinoff about Martina in college and, like, continuing her podcast and, like, figuring shit out, and I would love it if she was, like, oh, I'm switching my podcast to, like, racial injustices in the ivy leagues or whatever because martina's smart enough to get into an ivy league obviously um even though she's constantly putting off sat prep in this book which to be fair everybody puts off sat prep nobody likes sat prep but i think she could get into an ivy right so i would love if like there is a spinoff about her and she was like switching her podcast or whatever right and she was like doing a new thing and then another murder popped up and she was like why is it always me? Why do I always have the murders? Why is my podcast always going to be a murder podcast? Like, I would love if that happened. Um, speaking of people around Martina, Aster, who is weirdly a super big character, but also super not a big character, right? Like, we get Martina's point of view, so Aster feels more like a side character, because we see Anna's point of view and we see Martina's point of view. We never see Aster's point of view, but she was a major player, right? Zoe was her sister. We learn in the end that she, you know, killed Zoe and stuff. And so, like, it was weird because we never actually got her perspective. She was, like, this weird 
side character that had a huge impact on the story and it like you know you just you don't get to know Aster you only know Aster for what she did and so that's what makes it weird like we don't have a full-fledged kind of thought process behind her and who she is and stuff and I can't really make like obviously I can say oh she's dumb like she murdered her sister and stuff and we don't like her for that which is true but you don't know her personality either it's a whole thing um so yeah not much to say on Aster now moving on to the Bellamy's who are the family that Anna is nannying for starting with Emiliana who is the mother and I liked her a lot more after the flower incident with Max and how she opened up to Anna about like the marriage and the troubles with that and like when Martina brings Aster and Paisley back after they find the body and she's like oh yeah like Zoe sleep as not Zoe freaking Anna <laughs> sleep as long as you want and she brings her food and charges her phone and stuff and like even though she wasn't a huge character we did like her enough and she was like nice and like I like that she wasn't like a complete bitch and stuff like she was actually nice and like Anna had a good living environment when she was in Heron Mills. Now, Paisley, who is the literal cutest, like I said, besides Martina, she's my favorite, and she's always saving Anna's ass, too, because Anna's all, like, spaced out and remembering shit, and Paisley's like, hey, we gotta go, we gotta do this, we gotta do that, and so I love her, and I love, like, how into astrology she is and stuff, and I love that she knows all the shit, she's like, no, um, the house, the Windermere house is haunted. No, Max, not a good dude. Like, I love her. She just, she knows. Paisley knows. And so I would like to read a spinoff about her as like 16 year old Paisley having adventures in Heron Mills and like doing shit and like being fun and falling in love. Like, I, I want to read more about Paisley. I love Paisley. Paisley's adorable. Finally, rounding out the Bellamy's is Tom, and the literal only part I have to say about Tom is that he's having an affair. Like, no matter what was said about his job being tough, like, he is having an affair. And even though we never got confirmation from this, because the story wasn't obviously about that, like, he is having an affair. That is true. He's having an affair, and I just need to say that. Now, we are moving on to Kaylee who I didn't like for most of the book, mostly because Anna didn't like her that much, and Anna was like, oh, she's not a good influence and stuff. So I was like, okay, if Anna doesn't think she's a good influence, we don't like her. And that was my thought process. And she wouldn't, like, give Anna answers either. That's why I was like, why wouldn't you just tell her all the shit that happened? Because then maybe she wouldn't have gotten herself into this mess. And even when Anna is like, oh, you know, doing all this stuff, she could have, like, called Anna or visited Anna and told her what happened on New Year's Eve, and they wouldn't have gotten in trouble for Star because Star was a adult and, like, okay, maybe it would have been reckless and irresponsible, but they wouldn't have gotten charged with anything, I don't think, because she said she was going to swim. They were all drunk off their asses. Like, nobody's sober enough to realize that's a bad fucking idea. But I wish she would have just given... Anna answers and we wouldn't have gotten into this situation and 4th of July was a big oof because I get it right she saw Max she wanted to be with Max right 
But then Anna's telling you Max kissed her and she pushed him off. You don't get to be butt her at Anna about it. You get to be butt her at Max about it, but you don't get to like be mad at Anna. Like she did not want this. She did not even want to go to that party. She only like talked about it because you were coming down for 4th of July and stuff. And so like I was just mad at her for being mad at Anna unnecessarily. And then she just leaves and goes all the way back to the city, which like is a big reaction to something that I did not think was a very big deal. But okay, if that's how it's going to be with Kaylee, that's how it's going to be. And I will say, she did come around in the end because when they were sitting on the fire escape and drinking hot chocolate and she finally gave Anna all the answers, I was like, okay, this is good. You're communicating. We need communication. Like, we want Anna to have answers and stuff. So I liked that. And so, all in all, she wasn't a fave. But she was fine. Like, I didn't hate her. I mean, I didn't like her, but I didn't hate her either. She wasn't, like, a major antagonist. Yes, do I think we could have avoided this situation had she come to her senses and talked to Anna? But it it was fine. Like, Kaylee was fine, I guess. Now, moving on to people I hate. Max, who is a dick. And... Like, as soon as Paisley at the aquarium was like, I don't like him, I was like, okay, we trust Paisley completely, and Max is a bad dude. And he really shouldn't have kissed Anna. And then he sends all these fucking flowers to where she works, which, like, no, right? Like, if you're gonna apologize and you want to go to where she works, Bring a bouquet of flowers that you can hold in your hand and go to the door and be like, hey, I wanted to give these to Anna. I'm so sorry. Don't send over fucking like a million flowers and cause the people who she works for a ton of like grief because they have to deal with all these flowers and stuff. Like, no, that's not allowed. And I felt so bad for Anna because I was like, this is not her fault, but it very easily could have been taken as her fault. Like it was just a whole mess. And I hated that. And I hated, like, when we find out in the end his connection to Zoe, I hated that he left Zoe and didn't call anyone, but also, in his defense, he thought she was just freaking out. So, like, we appreciate him for leaving when she said leave, because that very well could have gone down a different road, and he could have, like, raped her or done some shit. So, we appreciate him leaving, like, when she said to leave. We also wish he would have called somebody, but, like, he couldn't have known. So, I don't blame him for, like, Zoe. I think he's a dick for how he treated Anna, but I don't blame him for what he did with Zoe. You know? Like, it's weird because he's a complete asshole, but he's not involved. Like... You can't blame somebody for walking away if they don't know anything, right? Like, had he known Zoe had a condition or, like, like had he, no, had it been somebody he was close to and he knew, like, oh, they had this condition where they shouldn't be drinking or whatever, right? Or, oh, they are, you know, prone to, like, seizures or something, right? Like, had he known that and then he up and left, that would have been, like, okay, maybe you could be responsible, partly. But he had no clue He left when she said to leave, so, like, he's still a dick, but it's fine. Now, finally, in our characters, we're going to talk about Caden, who, again, is, like, fine. Like, 
not great, not terrible. He was kind of weird with Anna, but he had good reason to be weird with Anna because, like, she looks so much like Zoe and him and Zoe were a thing and stuff. And so, like, I felt really bad that he was looked into so hard because obviously it's going to be the boyfriend and it brought up, like, the racial issue of, like, when the boyfriend's black, that's, like, you know, it's a thing. And it shouldn't be a thing, but it's a thing. And I loved, in the end, when Martina made it up to him and was like, hey, I just wanted to apologize. Like, I was following a lead and I didn't mean to do it and I didn't mean to get you into any trouble and stuff. Like, I loved their reconciliation at the end. That was really great. And, like, I hated that he was cheating on Zoe, but I get why he kept that a secret because he's already looked into as the boyfriend then it's even worse because he's black and then if he was cheating and he was like hey by the way I was cheating and Zoe didn't know there would have been like oh well maybe he was getting rid of Zoe so like he could continue on which that would be the stupidest train of logic to ever follow because if he's already cheating on Zoe he like would have no issue with continuing to cheat right he wouldn't need to kill her to like you know it yeah but I felt bad for Caden and his family situation, like his mom being sick and his dad dying, but I wasn't a huge fan of him as like a character. It was weird because he was kind of introduced into this like love interest role with Anna and then that completely nosedived and she was like, oh, I shouldn't be wanting to date him, but also I kind of do. Like it was just a weird situation and so he was fine as a character you know, we don't really condone cheating, so we don't like that, but, like, he's grieving and going through a rough time, so, like, he, I guess it balances out, you know, he's fine. Um, so now we're going to move on to talk about the plot, which was insane, and I loved it, and I really never knew what was going to happen in the end. Like, I, my suspicion, because of all of Anna's flashbacks and shit, I thought they were going to pull, like, a We Were Liars, so I won't spoil it, but if you know the book We Were Liars by E. Lockhart, and if you know how that book turns out, I thought it was going to be something like that, and that's why she kept having all these flashbacks. It didn't happen. I was very glad it didn't happen, because I was, like, reading the book, and I was like, if this is gonna be some We Were Liar shit, I'm gonna be pissed, like, I've already gone through that once, I don't need to go through it again, I was very glad it didn't happen, um, and every time Anna had a vision, I was, like, kind of pissed at her, because I wanted her to stop and, like, figure her life out, and, like, actually ask questions and get the answers she needed, and not just, like, have these visions and be like, oh, I'm imagining things, like, no, figure your life out, and I was very mad at the terrible policing and how they, like, were talking with Anna without a lawyer or her mom, even though she was a minor, and they said they called her mom, and they didn't, and they didn't record Hella of the time she was there. She was there for, like, seven hours, and they recorded the last, like, hour, which, you know, record everything so they don't have a chance to coerce you and stuff, and, like, when the autopsy came back and there was no broken bones, I was so happy. I was like, see, y'all thought Anna didn't kill her. Y'all are being terrible police. But then 
I was also like, well, who the fuck did kill her? You know, like, it was weird. You know, if it wasn't Anna, who else could it have been? Like, you know, um, and then Anna stealing the flash drive and the card, I had mixed feelings about. Mostly I was mad because she didn't get them back in time, but then the stable burned down, so I guess it was okay. I was like, "Mm, whatever, nobody's going to know they're gone. I was very happy that we found out the horses survived because as soon as we heard the stable burn down, I was like, holy shit, the horses, like, that is not okay. I'm not okay with killing animals and books. Animals and books do nothing wrong, and every time they die, I get so fucking pissed. So I was very happy the horses survived. And then when Anna confessed her memories to Caden, I was so mad because I was like, don't seem crazy to the guy who already thinks you're weird because you look like Zoe. Like, why are you telling him? Tell Martina. Tell Kaylee. Tell your mom. Somebody who can give you answers. Don't tell Caden. And then her trip to the Spanoses was kind of an oof. And, like, the way she acts with George Spanos. Like, not her fault. George Spanos is being an asshole. But it was just a thing. And then finding out that Zoe requested to send messages to Anna. I was super pissed because I was like, Anna, why? Like, why are you telling the police that you were talking to her when the keyword is requested, meaning that you never responded back because y'all weren't Facebook friends and Zoe was just messaging you because she had no other way to get in contact with you? Like, I was so mad that she was like, oh yeah, this is like how we were talking. I was like, no, keyword, requested. But also, big deal that Zoe is trying to talk to her because, you know, things happen. I wish Zoe would have had a chance to actually talk to her and they could have figured shit out because that would have been great and then Zoe wouldn't have died, you know? Um, and then when Martina and Aster go to the burnt stable and we find the earring, I was so shook. Like, so shook. And then Aster, you know, set the fire and then Aster telling the police she found Zoe already dead and disposed of the body because she didn't know what to do and panicked, which I need to just stop right here and be like, why are people who have nothing to do with a murder, like, starting to dispose of bodies and panicking? Which, like, in this instance, we get to the fucking last chapter and we learn that she spiked the whiskey so bad that it caused Zoe to die. So, like, I understand why Martina, or not Martina, Aster disposed of Zoe's body, right? But I just hate the whole trope of like, oh my god, I found a body and I didn't know what to do with it, so I disposed of it. Like, call the police, explain your story, say it was self-defense, say you just found the body. Like, bad shit happens when you dispose of bodies you had nothing to do with murdering, okay? But, going back to the last chapter, I was so shook finding that out. Like, I was kind of mad when we were gonna go with the whole, like, oh, this was an accident, like, plot line. But then I was also more mad when Aster killed her own sister. Like, it was just a lot of emotions. Um, and speaking of sisters, Zoe and Anna being sisters. I was shook at that too. And then we learned that they used to spend summers together. And that's why Zoe has all these whack memories. Like, not Zoe has all these whack memories. Anna has all these whack memories. And makes a ton of sense. But then we have the also weird memory of George hanging her over the side of the balcony. 
and that's why she remembers being on the balcony. But, like, who hangs a baby, or not a baby, she was, like, four. Who hangs a toddler over the side of a balcony? Like, no, you don't get to do that. You're a full-grown adult, right? Like, confront her mother. Don't use her to get to her mother. Stop using kids as bait. No, we don't like it. And so, fuck George Spanos for that. And in the end, I was very glad that Anna was let out of juvie and could still go to college and stuff. And, like, the book wrapped up very nicely. For all of the shit that they threw at us at, like, the very end, right? Because this was a typical murder mystery where, like, you find out all the shit at the very end in the last, like, 30, 40, 50 pages. You just, like, constantly flipping because you need to know what happened. And so I like that despite all of that, we did get, like, a very nice wrap-up and... Martino was good, Anna had a good ending, like, it worked out. And so now, to wrap up my episode, this book was insane, but I loved it, and I love the blend of characters and, like, how well they work together, and I love how the story wasn't linear, but then they matched up at the end. It was, like, at a certain point, they met up, and then we just continued on, which I loved that, and, like, it was so well done, And I really had no clue, like, what was going on. Though, I have read A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. And so, like, there are some similarities between those two books. If you've read A Good Girl's Guide to Murder, you probably know what I'm getting at. But, like, maybe I should have known how it was going to end. Maybe this is, like, the new thing. Instead of it always being the boyfriend, this is going to be how it is. But, I don't know. (laughs) Um... And like I said earlier, I really would read a Martina or Paisley spinoff. So if Kit Frick wants to write those, I would be down. And finally, I have to say, chocolate caramel popcorn ice cream sounds amazing. And I really want to try it. And I've been looking up, like, ice cream recipes. And I think I have a recipe that I would use to make it. I just haven't gotten caramel popcorn. So I want to make it. I will try to make it at some point this summer, but it it just sounds amazing, and I wish that was an actual thing that I could get somewhere near me. So, yeah, I have been Maya Ghosh, and this is my take on I Killed Zoe Spanos by Kit Frick. Thanks for listening. So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram. And please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.